Hey guys, in light of the current COVID-19 crisis, I am teaming up with Himalaya to show our support. From April 1st through the end of May, Himalaya will match the exact dollar amount for every active subscriber to our premium channel and donate it to direct relief to support our healthcare workers. Go to your favorite app store, download the Himalaya app, search for Personal Revolution, and subscribe to our premium channel to show your support. Let's fight this pandemic together. Welcome back. You are now at episode five. Get ready, because we are about to identify and connect with your network. Stay with me now, because if I said the word network and you kind of cringed a little bit, I anticipated that and I got your back. So stay with me. Listen up, because we're going to shift that feeling of like, I hate networking to, hey, cool, let's call my bestie. Totally different game. Let's get in there. Now, in the first few episodes of this podcast course, you laid the foundation to pursue your goal. First, you clarified and committed to your SMART goal or realized that your original goal was no bueno and identified a new one. Then you reviewed what's terrific about your life using the whole life model. And then in the last episode, you gained some tools to reinforce your happiness. And I'm hoping that you've picked at least one or two of those happiness practices and are practicing them in your daily life. Now, all of that, right, the first third of this podcast course is the prep work for going after your goal. It's like uh, strength conditioning. Do you remember the movie The Karate Kid where Mr. Miyagi had poor Daniel painting fences and waxing floors? Of course you do. Now, do you remember when Daniel, like, threw down his brushes and said, I'm sick of doing your chores? He was pissed. He was sick of all the prep work and he wanted to do the kicking and the punching. Now, like Mr. Miyagi, I don't want you to go out there until you're ready to win. I want you to nail your first challenge and I want you to feel so good about it that you can't wait for the next one. Daniel had like a day of fights to do, right? Ending in this fabulous scene where he's doing the crow. Just like that, you're gonna nail it, baby. You're gonna have that moment. So trust me on the prep and now we're gonna get to your first challenge. My expectation is that by now you feel amply warmed up and ready for the more challenging work that will take you to your goal. Are you here? Are you like chomping at the bit? Like Rocky, like uh, 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 gonna go, gonna go? Good, then let's crank up the level of challenge and do this. Now, the word networking draws a visceral response from so many people. They cringe or wince or like shrink back into themselves. Why is it this way? Well, I think that most people associate networking with inauthenticity. They think it's more about a transaction and asking for something, right? What can you do for me? What can I do for you? That feels gross. It's solicitous and needy and bleh. Now, when you think about networking, what's your reaction? When I I said it was going to be a networking chapter, I said the word networking. How did you respond? Even though you've just been through the happiness chapter, be honest. You can be negative here. This is not a Pollyanna space. And here we go into our first action stop point of the chapter. When you read networking, what are the first 10 words that come to mind? Be honest and write them down or think them in your head now, and then you can go to the workbook and write them down later. What do you think networking is? If you were to put a very positive spin on networking, what would it be? Best case scenario, 
what's great about networking? What are some positive attributes of networking? What happens when you network, after you network? Last question, name three people who you know who are terrific networkers. If your reaction to networking was even a bit negative, then I have a treat for you. By the end of this episode, we will have redefined networking and as a result, you will be buzzing with positive ideas, thinking about some of your favorite experiences and favorite people. Let's rethink networks. Networking, first and foremost, is about connecting, or in some cases reconnecting, with the people you love. When I think of networking, I think about strengthening existing positive relationships. That can include writing a thank you note to my first grade teacher or reaching out to my high school drama teacher. What's up, Mr. Waxman? That's what networking is. It's about sending out holiday cards or receiving holiday cards or reaching out to a friend on their birthday. It's the 250 people who you heard from on Facebook when it was your birthday. Your network is all of the real, unforced relationships you have, the people who love you and who you love back. For the first 30 years of my life, my father worked for a series of Japanese companies. He was one of the very few and very tall Caucasian men employed by these firms, and most of the U.S.-based team was Japanese. When his boss or other Japanese colleagues would visit the U.S., it was expected that my father would invite them to our home. He bought me a kimono, like for a seven-year-old, and I would dress up to welcome these Japanese businessmen into our home with konbawa, which means good evening. Later, my father and those Japanese businessmen, always men, would leave the house to wine and dine around town. My dad would come home at like the middle of the night, like one o'clock in the morning, and bring me a taste of sushi. This was like one of my favorite memories. It was quite a thrill for little me. Now, the Japanese men in his company built relationships for generations. My father was invited to the weddings of their children. It was important for them to see me and my brother. This was not exclusive to my father's company. It's a well-documented part of Japanese culture. Their business relationships are relationships first, business second. They are relationships for life and for generations. These are bonds that endure. I take my philosophy of networking from these early, very authentic experiences I observed and participated in. Now, was it authentic for me to wear a kimono around my house in Long Island? Probably not. But did I know it was special? And did I take great pride in coming to know someone else's culture and learning some words for what? To connect. Action stop point. List. Now get ready for this. List at least 17 people who are not blood relatives that you reach out to or hear from on birthdays, special occasions, and holidays. If you go to church on Christmas Eve, who do you say hi to? If you call that old college friend on their birthday every year, list them. My mom used to meet up with her four college roommates every weekend, the weekend after Thanksgiving. So who are those people? Who are the group of friends that you went away with for your 50th birthday? Who were the people who were in your wedding? 
Now, feel free to go past 17 if you're feeling inspired. And I'm guessing you might want to know why 17. I'm hoping it got your attention. And it's more than 10, but not so much it feels onerous. 15 or 20 would have been like more of a normal number. Those are ordinary round numbers. You're accustomed to seeing them. And that makes this challenge seem more like a chore. 17 is different. It's weird. I'm talking about it now. Who do you know who looks at life differently? There's another one. Put them on your list. Here's another concept I want to introduce. Your network is your life's work. Your network is made up of the people who want the best for you. Think about the people you already know. Now, I don't want you to think about networking to meet new people. Just think about the people you know. Your network isn't that random guy you sat next to in math class. That's just the random past. Your network is the people right now who are actively in your life or who you want to have in your life. There are people with whom you share a connection. If you ever read the book, The Little Prince, there was this idea of créer des liens, excuse my French. It's creating a connection, right? What a meaningful connection between human beings. Who have you been in contact with over the last year? Do you know your barista's name? Does he know your name? Well, then your barista's in your network. Who have you been in touch with repeatedly or had good conversations with in the last year? I bet your current network is bigger than you think. Whose weddings did you go to? Whose kids' birthday parties did you attend? And by the way, if you went to some of those events and wish you weren't there, don't put them on your list. People are rooting for you, either publicly or quietly. Hopefully your parents and siblings are on that list, and there's more. People who you haven't thought about in a decade would be thrilled to hear from you. I know that if I showed up on my first grade teacher, Mrs. Birnbaum's doorstep, she'd be thrilled. In middle school and in high school, I would visit her. And I just heard via Facebook that someone I know ran into her in Florida. I know that she invested so much into being that first grade teacher for decades. She would smash down any obstacle if it might help me professionally. She taught me to read. She wants me to thrive. Who are your Mrs. Birnbaums? My teachers, my colleagues, my high school friends, the people in my life who root for me are in my network. When I wrote cookbooks, these people were the first to buy them. When the Boston Globe reviewed my first cookbook, one of the smartest kids in my high school class clipped it and mailed it to me to tell me how proud he was of me. I haven't seen Bruce Barnett in three decades, but there he was opening the newspaper with his family, saw my face and felt joy for me and wanted to connect. I've never gone to Bruce for specific help, yet I know he's ready to help me if I need it. These aren't people I know professionally. These are people who are on my side in life. They're rooting for me. Now, let's move on from those high school contacts for a second and talk about a romantic partner. Now, it's said that the most wonderful part of having a romantic partner is that they're a witness to your life. But my romantic partner didn't know me in elementary school or high school or college or the first decade and a half of my professional life. I've had many witnesses to my life, and so have you. You've probably enjoyed Facebook relationships that are celebratory and positive and fun and happy. Maybe you've surprised yourself with who you're reconnecting to. 
you've witnessed each other during major life events, births of children, marriages, all causes to celebrate. Now, I'm nearing 50, so now I'm seeing my friends lose their parents, right? And they'll write these beautiful stories about their lives. And I'll remember Mr. Singh. And I'll remember these people who I looked up to when I was in third grade or people who were standing on the sidelines at soccer. And it's beautiful to just reconnect with their story and, yes, with those friends from years ago. Who else is in your network? The boss who helped you in your 20s? The college professor you worked for on a research project? Didn't he write your referral for grad school? Now, let's think about that. Who's ever written you a referral or a letter of recommendation? In my high school, it was all about Mrs. Siderman. Who's your Goldie Siderman? How about your hard-ass baseball coach from high school? Or maybe your brownie troop leader? Your CCD teacher? Your best friend's mom? Or your mom's best friend? Your network are the people. All of those people are on your list. Your network is composed of the people who are witnesses to the occurrences and important events in your life. These are people who'd go to bat for you. They've observed and helped as you became you. If you are the company you keep, they are, in fact, a part of you. Action stop point. Who can you remember from elementary school who was a witness to important things that happened in your life at that time? Who lived in the neighborhood? Who was on your block? Who did you ride the bus with? Who did you sit with at lunch? Now let's move on to middle school. It might be difficult to think of people, so dig deep. Who did you go with to the middle school dance? Who did you dance with? I know you remember that. First kiss? Was there a guidance counselor or gym teacher or a band teacher, or even a coach who made a big difference for you. And next, high school. Who was there? Was there a tutor, like an SAT tutor, an art teacher, or a music teacher, after school sports? Maybe you worked after high school. Who was your first boss? Did you babysit? Who were the parents in the neighborhood for whom you babysat? List at least 17 more people who are witnesses to your life, including the questions I asked above. That's it for the action stop point. I hope your list is growing and I hope you're surprising yourself with your own memories. Feel free to listen to this again. These prompts don't go away, right? If you're if you're overwhelmed and you're taking a tangent with one of these questions, follow the tangent. I'll come back to you and ask you more about your rabbi and your clergy and the bagel bakery owner. Mine was Mr. Midorsky. We can remember all these great people in your life. Now let's talk about why identifying your network is important. There are three reasons why it's essential to identify your network. Number one, someone has done or has come close to doing this thing you want to do. Want to become pregnant at 44 using IVF, in vitro fertilization? You can do it. Women have done that. Want to get a new job building submarines? Become a doctor in your 40s? Look for love at 55? You can do that. People have done that. 
And the more people you meet, the closer you will get to knowing people who know people who've done or have come close to doing exactly what you want to do. Those people, more often than not, will be happy to share their story and help you get where you want to go. You don't get a job just by applying on LinkedIn, Indeed, or whatever corporate website you find. Those sites are useful, but they're just one way in. You want to attack this goal you have on several sides simultaneously. And here's something important. 90% of my clients find their opportunities, their way to their goal through their network. 90%. So there are going to be people in your network who will help you and support you on the way to the goal. If you use the six degrees of Kevin Bacon philosophy and you're looking for a new job in your field or in your geographic area, you probably have fewer than six degrees of separation to someone in your target organization. That's a terrific way to pursue something you want through knowing someone on the inside. Alternatively, if you want to go out on your own, freelance or be part of the gig economy, I bet you know people who do that too. Find your role models. They're closer than you think. Here's the second reason why it's essential to identify your network. Number two, people want to help you. Now I'm going to tell you a little story about a client. Lou, a mechanical engineer who built planes, had a wife who was well into her second trimester with their first child when he decided he needed to make a career move. He tried to search for a new job while still at his current one. He found his demanding hours and long commute left no time to really do a job search. Lou's parents and in-laws are Chinese immigrants. And as Lou shared, they think that if the company doesn't fire you, why would you ever leave? You don't leave a job out of your own choice. You don't leave a good job to pursue happiness elsewhere. Lou knew both sets of parents would flip if he left his company before finding a new job, so he felt stuck and unsupported. Lou had his wife's support to leave because she was the one growing tired of his complaining about work. She actually was the one who found me and sent him to me for coaching. After two coaching sessions, too, he quit his job. He believed it was the only way he'd have time to find a new one. In retrospect, it was a smart, brave thing to do. And at the time, he was concerned that his extended family would see it as irresponsible. A week after he left, Lou managed to build up the courage to tell his mother-in-law that he left. Guess what she did? She went to work with her network. She was retired, and she had worked for 20 years at Lockheed Martin, one of the largest aerospace companies in the world. She made it her job to find people who would give her son-in-law an opportunity. By sharing the news with his mother-in-law, right? He was afraid to tell her, but by sharing that news, Lou was able to network his way into his dream job less than two months two months after he quit his former job. He had underestimated his mother-in-law. The very same person he was afraid to tell his news to was the one who helped him find his next job. Don't underestimate the power of anyone, especially those closest to you, to help you. If they care for you, they will do everything they can to support you to reach your goal. They want you to be happy. And if it's within their power to help you find happiness, they will stop at nothing to do so. Now, a caveat to that. You will also ask people for help and they will let you down. That's just 
part of the deal, right? You ride a bike, sometimes you hit a curb, sometimes you misstep on the pedals and and you fall. It just happens. I tell my clients when they do this outreach, expect one positive answer for every 10 people you reach to. Now, we're talking about networking with just your family and the ones closest to you, so you'll probably have a higher success rate, like 50%. But people are busy. People have things going on. I don't want to tell you that every person you reach is going to stop everything and go to work for you, right? You have to be realistic, and rejection will be part of it. But the people who come through will make you feel so good. So don't overthink it. Just ask. Here's the third reason why it's essential to identify your network. Number three, joy shared is doubled. Pain shared is halved. Did someone give you this podcast course as a gift? If so, they're number one on your list. If you give this podcast course to someone as a gift, let them know, hey, when you get to episode five, put my name down on the top of the list and give them a little wink. I'm rooting for you. I want to help you reach your goal and find happiness. The last and most important reason to connect with and use your network is simply because it's good for you. Take a look at this quote from a January 2018 New York Times article. Research shows that bonds of friendship are critical to maintaining both physical and emotional health. Not only do strong social ties boost the immune system and increase longevity, but they also decrease the risk of contracting certain chronic illnesses and increase the ability to deal with chronic pain, according to a 2010 report in the Journal of Health and Social Behavior. So the true value of a strong social network is not what it gives you with respect to this specific goal. Its true value is what it gives you every day for your physical and emotional health. Maintaining these relationships is as important as eating well and exercising, probably more. So when you reach out and you make that call, that's as good for you as a good night's sleep. That's as good for you as going for a run. Make it part of your routine to care for those around you. Action stop point. Now, add 10 more people to that list. So you've got a list of 17, another list of 17, and my guess is those lists got puffy. So you're probably somewhere around 50 now. What the hell? Take it to 75. The faucets are on, man. Capture those names. It's okay if we don't use all of them, but write them down, right? I could start naming people from high school like it ain't no thing because now my memories are going back to those high school photos we took, right, in elementary school. So grease the skids. Start writing those names down. Keep it going. Let's dig a little deeper. Who was your first boss? I asked that earlier, but let's write that person's name down. Your first colleagues. Did anyone help you get that first job interview? Who were your college advisors? Mine was Mr. Grobstein. What were your jobs as a kid? Yes, babysitting does count. Who are some adults that have known you since you were young? How about like those aunties and uncles, not blood-related, but people who your parents kind of introduced you to as family? I hope your list is getting really thick and looking at these names, right? Reconnecting with these old memories is just feeling good. I hope you are flush with endorphins at this point. 
We got a couple more action stop points to go here, and this is it. Remember in the beginning of the chapter when I said, hey, we're going to really get to work here? This is it, right? Now you've got a lot of names. Now we're going to go deeper with a few particular people. So here we go. I want you to take a smile back at your past. I want you to think about a wonderful person from way back when in your life. Could even be a grandparent. Could be a neighbor. Someone really significant. Now, just think, why are you thinking about this person 10, 20, 30 years into your life? Of all the people you've encountered, and we're talking thousands of people, why this person, right? Why is there this halo glow around their memory? What is the significant impact they had on you? Here's another action stop point. This person. Now, I'd like you to pick someone who's currently alive. They've impacted you in a powerful, positive way. And they might not know how much of an impact they had. Maybe this is someone you haven't connected with in a while. What is the strong memory you have of this person? Share it. The more detailed, the better. Write it down. Tell me about what they look like. Tell me about an interaction you had with them or how you observed them. How did they interact with people? What was their job? What did they do? What was their essence? Of all the thousands of people, you are calling them to the forefront of your brain now. Why? When is the last time you connected with this person? Now, can you list two more people who've had a positive impact on you? Just two more. And the same questions are there. Of all the people, why these two? Why did they have a positive impact? And you don't have to, you know, break the model on this one. It can be mom, dad, right? Who do people thank at the Academy Awards? <laughs> Go with those people who had really powerful, positive impacts on you. Write it down. Write the story. Write the memory. Believe me, this isn't for them. This is for you. This is for your state of mind. This is for role models. This is for seeing possibilities. These people helped you become the person you are today. Write about it. And if you don't like writing, talk it into an audio recorder. Just capture it. Last question. Who do you hope you've had a positive impact on? Can you list three people who you hope you've had a positive impact on? Who are they? And what do you hope your impact is? Now, really take your time with these memories. Sink into them. Enjoy these dear people as if they were sitting next to you. Have a real visit with them. Okay. Now we're going to continue the action stop point. Here we go. I want you to write a letter to one person on your list to let them know how much they meant to you. Let it be at least 500 words. Remember times you've shared something they did for you, a look in their eye, something silly that happened, you know, with another third party. Share why you remembered them and how they had an impact on your life. Take a moment to let them know how you're different today because of knowing them. Tell them how they helped you become who you are, how your interaction with them helped shape you in some way. Often just writing a letter like this can fill you with emotion and tears of gratitude. If possible, deliver this letter in person. Write it and then try to meet with them in person and read this letter to them. Or 
virtually. You can always do a FaceTime or a Zoom meeting and read it to them that way. I want you to create an opportunity to reconnect and share that joy you feel. You up for this? I told you it was going to get big in this chapter. These are real things. These are love letters, right? These are platonic love, social love, emotional love, actual love. And by taking the time to reconnect, you'll recognize how powerful connecting is. Here's a story I want to share. A friend recently told me a story which exemplifies the spider web that is your network, right? And the people in your network's network and outward working to support you. About 10 years ago, Emma met a friend while working on a project. They were collaborating only over the phone and their connection became so strong that they started meeting in person too, for lunch or even a movie. They became so close that the friend met Emma's two children, right? A collegial virtual relationship turned into an actual one. Then quite suddenly, Emma's life dropped out from under her. Her son was diagnosed with leukemia and required the most intensive treatment of any cancer due to his age. Consequently, Emma lost touch with this friend. Emma's son eventually made a miraculous against the odds recovery. Emma felt guilty about losing the connection to her friend, and for years she couldn't get it out of her mind that this woman might have thought that Emma just started blowing her off. Well, Emma knew the woman's birthday, right? They had become close, and she had been invited to her 50th birthday party, right? Even though they dropped the friendship, you know, that 50 years landmark year, you invite old friends that you've lost touch with. And now, even though Emma had never met her friend's husband, he somehow tracked her down to send her this invitation. Emma did not attend the party. And then three or four years later, on the day that she knew was her friend's 53rd or 54th birthday, Emma wrote her friend a letter. When I met you, I thought you were just wonderful, Emma wrote, before letting the lady know why she had lost contact with her. I am so sorry that I lost touch with you. You're like sunshine. I hope you're having a great life and a really happy birthday. Love, Emma. That was it. Emma didn't expect anything, just like I asked you to reach out to people and not necessarily expect a big response. And the next thing Emma knew, her friend immediately wanted to reconnect. Emma had to tell her that she didn't have a car anymore because of the financial stress of her son's treatment. The friend said, no problem, I'll come pick you up. On the way to dinner, Emma confided that she was unhappy with her family's living situation and was looking for a new home. Emma's friend immediately offered up her spare mother-in-law suite. Emma reached out to reconnect with an old friend, right? That was it. No agenda. Just wanted to say, hey, thinking of you. Hope you're well. Hope your life is going well. Miss you. Love you. That's it. And due to the authentic strength of that relationship and a little bit of serendipity, a very important life change was in store for Emma. This is the power of an authentic relationship. They endure no matter how much time has passed. Here's a reflection stop point. Have you ever lost touch with someone and subsequently reconnected? What happened when you reconnected? What feeling did you have? What other events happened in your life because of this reconnection? Now, I do want to note that sometimes you grow apart from someone and it's natural and it's okay. Sometimes you go in different directions. Sometimes the connection's no longer there. And then 
sometimes it does wind its way back. Don't sweat those relationships that have naturally concluded. If you are sweating it and you kind of want it back, reach out with no expectations. But don't beat yourself up over things that have naturally run their course. Here's an action stop point. List at least 10 people from your past who you'd like to reach out to. Now, I'm expecting you've got a big old list in front of you. Draw circles or little stars next to the names of the 10 you want to reach out to. Is there someone you've fallen out of touch with who has had a big impact on your life, like Emma? Can you reach out to them, right? Someone who was a bestie in elementary school. Is there an opportunity to reach out now? Is there someone who was really special to you who's passed on, right? Someone who's no longer available in this life to receive your your kind thoughts, but someone who you want to take a moment to acknowledge or maybe even reach out to their children or spouse and let them know you're thinking of that person. In some cultures, they say that a person doesn't die until their name is uttered for the last time. Is there someone who you want to bring back to life in your memory, right, and in the collective memory by recalling them now? So believe it or not, we are coming towards the end of this episode. So some last thoughts. First last thought, your network, it's huge. As you've read this chapter, if you've been doing all of the exercises, you will probably have noticed how big your list of people has grown. You might be in the triple digits by now. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. If you've been on LinkedIn or Facebook, you know how quickly your network can grow. It's not just who you know, It's who everyone you know knows. We're stepping off digital networks for the purposes of this experiment and calling in the best personal computer in the world, your brain, to recall these connections as they are important to you. You've remembered those people and accessed positive emotions and really good feelings. These people are your network of positive connections. This is the network of your life. These people are rooting for you just like you're rooting for them. You, by thinking of them, are loving them, remembering them, cherishing them. Even if you don't think about them often, you have incredibly positive associations with them. That is the foundation of the network that will support you and help you make this next big move. Your goal might be a career change. It might be rebuilding after divorce. What an important time to call upon the positive strength of your network. So now it's time to connect the dots. Once you have your list of people in your network, let's expand the network from the individual to the qualities they have. I like to do this sometimes on a spreadsheet or if you have like a big whiteboard or a whiteboard wall, you can use that or even use a large piece of paper or stickies on a wall. Relate the people now to your goal. So bring up that goal again, fresh in your mind, you know what it is. So this person, if you have a career-related goal, where do they work? What's their profession? Have they done something big or useful in their career? Or even look at your list of contacts, right, the 100 contacts you may have at this point, with a thought to your goal. Who on this list might be relevant to that goal? 
Do these people have a marriage you admire if you're interested in marriage? Do they have children raised in a way you admire if you're thinking about that as your goal? Do they just have a big network and seem to know a lot of people? Do they enjoy making introductions? What are the assets that they have? Do they have great perspective and might help you look at your situation in a fresh way? What about them is relevant to your goal? Might they know someone who could help you advance your goal? My client didn't think his mother-in-law could be useful, but useful she was. I always tell people, if you have a parent who goes to the manicurist to get their nails done or goes to a salon to get their hair done, the manicurist and the barber or beauty shop person, they know hundreds of people. They are some of the most well-noted and connected people on the planet. And what are you doing? Having a rich, deep conversation when you're there, right? You're going right into the deep and meaningful. You're going there. And they're doing that with hundreds of clients. They know, right? Those are rich nodes on your network. So connect those dots too. So again, think about your goal. Think about your people. Think of who can help you connect the dots. That's it for this episode. I know that was a lot of thinking work, right? This is the basic blueprint for your next steps. Look at the people. Remember how they make you feel, how they're rooting for you. 50% of these people are going to respond. Connect with them. Let them know what you're up to. Let them know why you cherish them. Then yes, they'll help you. You can ask for their help. Let's move into your insights and action. So insights. What was useful for you in this episode? Give me the top three to five insights you had while listening to this episode or in doing the action stop points. Look at your notes, look at your workbook, take a look at what mattered to you. Maybe it was just remembering that person. Maybe it was that letter. Maybe it was going and reading that letter aloud to your closest, dearest friend. So this is the insights and action section. You can't have insights without action. So I've given you a lot of actions in this chapter. You were ready, right? You're you're Daniel and I'm Mr. Miyagi and you are ready to fight. So fight you will. So some actions that I'd like you to take. Number one, I do want you to write that letter of thanks and I do want you to share it. And I want you to do that before our next episode. I promised you you'd be doing a bunch of work in between our episodes. So please take the time and do it. What could be more meaningful? Trust me, this is a moment you will think of more than whatever you want to watch on Netflix tonight. Do it. Two, create that spreadsheet with your network. I want those names written down in a place where you can go back and refer to them. Use the workbook on Himalaya. You can do that. You can use a spreadsheet. You can have stickies in your awesome war room. Do what you need to do to capture that network. Number three, What's the positive practice you committed to in episode four? Let's do it. Identify it. Remember it. Let's do it this week. And now I'd like you to assign yourself three next steps toward your goal. You know what your goal is. What is your commitment this week toward your goal? All right, revolutionaries, that is a wrap on episode five, Identify your network. Boy, this has been a fun one. I got to tell you, in my office, this is probably the episode I recommend the most to clients. 
this is it, right? Your life is your connections. Your life is the impact you have on the world and the world is filled with people. Who are the people you love? We could flip this episode on its head and make it about the people you adore, right? We've talked a lot about people who adored you and made an impact, but flip it around. The same thing is, who do you love? Who do you think is great? Yeah, put Bruce Springsteen on the list. Bon Jovi, whatever floats your boat. I'm so 80s, it's excruciating, but there you go. That's me. Think about what has an impact on you, right? What really moves the needle for you? Soak that in. Let the endorphins flood your body. Feel the love. You're going to need it for the next episode. We're going to raise that bar just a little higher. Okay, revolutionary. Have a great week.